This passage was open on his bedstand the night that he passed away. And I know that he read it many times because he told me this was his favorite. So I would like for us to read from the book of Ecclesiastes. Would you please stand with me as we read God's holy word, Ecclesiastes 3, starting with the very first verse. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all of their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear Him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen again and again. This is God's Word, the blessing of God and His Word on His people. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Gracious Father, hear our hearts this day. Know the very depths of who we are. Know us from the inside out and help each of us to be open to you. Help us to learn from your scripture and more importantly, help us to apply it to our lives. Because in this life, Father, we get caught up in so many things, so many different priorities. Let us understand how to be a good steward of the time that you have so richly blessed us with. Help us, Father, each of us to know your presence and your touch in each of our lives. And help us to use our time wisely so that others might know the same. We ask this always in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Horace was a dock worker in Gilliam, England, and he hated his alarm clock. Every working day for 47 years, that alarm clock would wake him up. He'd have to turn it off and go down to the docks 
and start his day. But Horace got his revenge. After 47 years of working down there at the dockyards, the first day of his retirement, he took that alarm clock, took it down to the dockyards, and placed it under the 80-ton hydraulic press, pushed the button, and squashed it flatter than any pancake that you have ever experienced. That must have been a sense of relief and joy in his life. And I think many of us can empathize with that. We have a love-hate relationship with our alarm clock and our timepieces and our digital. I've got one staring me back in the face even as I speak this morning. I can't read it, but it's staring me back in the face. But no matter how much we try to get away from it, no matter how much we express our displeasure in time, No matter how much exasperation we face, we cannot escape the persistent swing of the pendulum and the tick-tock of the clock in our lives. Have you ever heard or used any of these expressions? Sometimes they're so commonplace we use them and we don't even think about them. How about this one? I had the time of my life. We probably use that. Or... I can't remember another time when I have been so angry, so happy, or this one especially with all applies, so tired. I can't remember I've ever been this tired before. How about our timing was a little off today? That might go to Pat's sports today, basketball, football, baseball. Our timing was a little off. How about it was a race against time? We've all been caught up in that. How about this one? I got a lot of time on my hands. It's false, but I got a lot of time on my hands. How about it's only a matter of time? Or one that I particularly like, time heals all things. Now, if you knew that you were going to die tonight, how would you use the time that you still had left? How would you use that time? I dare say you wouldn't use it the same way you've always used it. As a matter of fact, a lot of people who face the diagnosis of terminal illness will tell you that they see things with new eyes. They see God's creation in a totally different way and just how precious time is every ticking minute. They see things differently, and they try to make the most out of every moment. And I really believe that's the essence of being a good steward of time, making the most out of every moment. It's not necessarily doing pious and religious things every moment. I don't think that's what Jesus wanted. But if we go to Paul's words, we see whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Use your time to the glory of God. Don't waste it. Don't whittle it away. Don't throw it away. Don't discount it. Use it to the glory of God. And I know that's not easy. As we go through this sermon, I'll reveal things about myself. But that should be the first and foremost thing that crosses our minds when we want to be a good steward of time is making the most of every moment. Now, there are two words used in the Greek for time in the Bible. One is chronos, That's the ticking of the clock. That's the seconds and the minutes and the hours and the days and the turn of the seasons. The other is keros. 
And keros refers to the right or the critical moment. Usually when God acts in your life and there's something very special, very permanent about that moment. Chronos refers, of course, to sequential time, and it is quantitative in nature. Keros signifies proper or the opportune moment, and it is qualitative in moment. Those are the times when God acts in our lives. Those are the times that are most memorable. Those are the quality moments that we all remember and I think that we all seek out. Those are the God-sequences that act in our lives. And this morning, I just want to share a couple of thoughts with you about being a good steward of our time. First of all, I'm going to tell you something that you already know. You know it, but sometimes we forget. Time is a gift. Enjoy it. Enjoy it to the max. It has been called the very substance of life, the most precious asset. And when you think about it, along with our health, those are the two of the most precious things we have because if you lose either one, you're up a creek. You're lost. You cannot replace your health. You cannot relive the time. Those are two of the most precious assets, if not two of the one and two assets that we have. And in time, you find true fulfillment and joy in your life. I want to ask you a question. If you had an account in the bank, and every day they put in $86,400, And every night at midnight, that which you had not spent, they took back. What would you all do? Well, I dare say most of you would be out there trying to find ways of spending $86,400 because you don't want the bank to have it back. Well, you do have a bank. It's called time. And every day you start over with 86,400 seconds to live. Every night, that which you have failed to invest disappears totally. It carries over no balances and there are absolutely no overdrafts in this bank. That means the way in which you deal with time is the way in which you live your life and it shows what truly is important to you. If you greet each day as a new opportunity, as a new treasure, whoa, what's going to happen today? Then you're ready for the excitement of the day. Then you're ready for an exhilarating experience. Then you're ready for something truly good to happen. But if you don't, if you just go through the motions, if you don't use the time wisely, then the time is going to use you. No matter who you are or what you do or how you live, life is impacted drastically by what you do with your time by what you do with your time. Every day we get 86,400 seconds. They will never come again. And it is a gift that each of us need to use properly every day of our lives. And ironically for Christians, there's another side to that equation because we also talk about God's time, that eternity that we all seek. It's a measurement because we all want to live in heaven someday. 
We need to stop waiting for eternity like it's a mystical, magical moment door that you walk through and start living God's time today because eternity starts now. It doesn't start somewhere in the mystical, magical future. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, every second, every minute, every hour of the day is precious to us. Eternity will come, but I've got news for you. It starts right here, right now, because God wants to live have us live this life abundantly. And only when we're connected to God, truly connected to God, can we understand the difference between chronos and kairos. Can we understand of the secular ticking and the tucking of the seconds and the minutes and the hours and that eternal time that we all want to live into. Secondly, our time is indeed a gift, but we need to find a way to use it wisely. We need to use it wisely. It should have a value to each of us, and so, many, so much of our life is discounted. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever gone through a day and gone, well, where did it go? What did I do? What did I accomplish? Anything? I missed it. What a terrible thing to think. I lived a whole day. I lived 24 hours. I missed it. None of us should be in that situation. Every moment should be precious. Every moment should be golden. We got to be careful in what we choose to do because time is not going to allow us to do everything. Have you ever asked yourself, what time is it in my life? What time is it in my life. Well, I want to give you an illustration. It's not my illustration, it's somebody else's. But I think it's a wonderful illustration. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to allow all of you to live to 90 years old. Some of you have already passed that mark. So I'm going to let you live to 95, 100. Looking at George down here. I'm going to let you live to 90 years old. And I want you to look at your life as a clock in the hours of the day. The day begins at 6 a.m., and it ends at the stroke of midnight. If you are 10 years old, it is 8 o'clock in the morning, and breakfast is being served. If you are 20, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. If you're 30, it's high noon. If you're 40, it's 2 p.m., and lunch is over. If you're 50, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you're 60, it's 6 p.m. If you're 70, it's 8 o'clock. If you're 80 years old, it's 10 o'clock, and the day is quickly approaching an end, and every last one of you have thought about exactly where you fall on that clock face. That's how precious time is. That's what we need to be good stewards about. There is a shortness of time. And people need to understand that and live out God's will in according to his word. Most of the time, we just don't seem to use our time wisely. We discount it. We put off for tomorrow what we should do today. I need to confess to you, I am a terrible procrastinator. I am always waiting for tomorrow. There's plenty of time. Let's do that tomorrow. Just ask my wife. I am a terrible procrastinator, and that's wrong. 
That's not being a good steward. We procrastinate doing something that we know we should do and doing it right this moment saying, let's wait till tomorrow. We are always waiting for the right moment to do something. All of you who have children know darn well that if you waited to get pregnant because you needed a better job or more money, there wouldn't be any children in this church. Because you can never wait for just the right moment. It never happens that way. And the same thing with a procrastinator. We shouldn't be waiting. We pile up so many tomorrows that at the end, all we are left with is a bunch of empty yesterdays. And you know as well as I do that the Bible doesn't promise us anything about tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Not one of us. We can live under the illusion that there's some golden day out there in the future, somewhere beyond today. And we can dream about that golden day, but in the process, think about all the wonderful experiences that you pass up in the moment. Because you're thinking about tomorrow, you're waiting for tomorrow, you're not living today and living the time that God has granted you wisely. It's a gift, and it needs to be used wisely. There is an Indian proverb, Sanskrit, that I believe sums it up beautifully. It says this, it says, yesterday is but a dream, tomorrow is only a vision, but today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Folks, we can't replace time. God calls us to make the very most of the time that he has given us. And we honor him each and every day when we use that time wisely. When we seek to do good, when we seek to love the Lord our God, when we seek to love each other, when we seek to serve his kingdom, when we seek to serve his church, we are being good stewards of our time. The last thing I want to remind you of today is that time is but a prelude to eternity. I've already referred to that, in fact, as saying that eternity starts now. We need to stop living by the clock and remember that God has already set things in place right now. He wants us to live wisely, as though we are already living eternity. Wall Street Journal did an article about five years ago. Talks about young people, 30 to 45, and how they look at life, how they look at time. And most of them fantasize about what they're going to do as they grow up. That 30 to 45, they daydream about job changes and compensation and big houses and wonderful families and a nice car. All of those things that are secular of this world, and we've all been through it. And then around 45, 45 to 50, we start to change. We start to realize that we have more time behind us than we probably have in front of us. And we start to think about what we are going to do in the future that will make things better. Some of us dream about retirement, but most of us think about those Keros moments, those opportune, critical moments in our life that we truly need to grasp onto, that we truly need to enjoy. Not just going through things, 
but truly grasping onto it. When was the last time you stopped and watched a sunset? When was the last time you stopped and watched a sunset? Now, I know when we go on vacation, sometimes we'll go to the beach. That's a big thing. Everybody runs down to the beach and watches the sunset. But last time I checked, it does that every day. Every day. But we're always too busy to watch one of God's most spectacular, picturesque events happen. I might ask, when was the last time you watched the sunrise? It happens every day. And we should be thankful for it, and we shouldn't miss it. We shouldn't miss it. Now, that doesn't mean I want you all up at 5 o'clock and don't go to bed until like 10.30. I, I realize that, but just don't miss those special moments and look for those Kairos moments in your life, those God sequences. It's time that really matters. You know, as, as a grandfather, I look at my grandchildren, and I go, Wow. I had something to do with that. And I realize that long after I'm gone, they'll be here. They'll still be living this life. And I want to give them something special. I want to give them me. I want them to know their grandfather in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Something that will uplift him. Something that will help him through the journey of life. I want to spend more time with them. Because those Kairos moments of spending time with God and spending time with family and loved ones are the most important moments of your life. And they can never be regained. One of my biggest regrets is that as a father growing up, I didn't Now, they'll still say they love me, but I regret not spending time because I can never get that back. So now I spoil the grandchildren. But I love them. And it's time well spent. Time is but a prelude to eternity. We need to fulfill God's purposes with our time, and we need to be very cognizant of what we're doing. Matter of fact, if I could give you, there's, a, there's an old hymn that probably says it best. Walk with the Lord in the light of His Word and trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. It's a gift. It should be spent wisely. And it is a prelude to eternity. And we should be spending our time loving Him, loving our neighbors, and serving His church. There should never be a time when we say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I'm too busy to worship. I'm too busy to serve I'm too busy to love my neighbor. If you're too busy, you better reassess your life. None of us are that busy, and God never meant us to be that busy. You know, it's difficult to understand 
why we want to spend eternity with God, but we are so stingy, so reckless, so covetous of our time here. I think most of us look at eternity in heaven as an insurance policy. Yeah, I'm going to die, and I really don't want to spend my eternity in the other place. I'd like to spend my eternity where it's nice. But eternity starts now. You're already on God's timing. Think about it. When I answered this call to ministry, I had already lived a couple of lifetimes. My career had taken me around the world and around the country meeting all sorts of different people under a variety of different circumstances. And I don't know why it took so long for God to call me. I've shared with you, of course, it was my Emmaus experience that was and continues to change my life. And obviously, God wasn't concerned about Kronos. When I witnessed Emmaus, I was about four o'clock in the afternoon. God was more concerned about Kairos and that this was the opportune time for me to be called and me to answer that call. And what I experienced would be and has been and continues to be life changing. I have never really questioned why. I have never really questioned why now. I simply took that leap and followed God where He was calling. And my prayer is that I may make a good account of myself when I stand before the judgment throne that I might be a good steward of the time that He has gifted me with. There's a wonderful old saying that puts it into perspective One life to live, one death to die, one account to give. One life to live, one death to die, one account to give. And my prayer is that I may be given a good account. That someday, like all of you, I might stand before the throne and he might say, well done, good and faithful servant. The last thing you want is to stand before the throne of God and Him to ask, who are you? What did you do? Well done, good and faithful servant, because you were a good steward of the time that He provided you. What's God calling you to do? How are you supposed to be living your time, the time that you've been blessed with? I'm sure you've heard this quote but I'm going to use it anyway. Yesterday's the past. Tomorrow's the future. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. The present. And it is a gift. Use it, my brothers and sisters, to His glory. I have but one question for you today. Do you know what time it is in your life? Because I can assure you, God's clock is ticking. Would you bow your heads with me, please?